The land of 10,000 lakes has had our share of outlier hummingbirds over the years. Calliope, costas, rivolis, annas, and Mexican violet ears, along with the one that has appeared most often, the rufous hummingbird. It's the rufous that has turned up most often in November and December. Rufous hummingbirds are tiny, averaging just a bit lighter in weight than the heaviest ruby-throated hummingbirds, tipping the tiny scales at 2 to 5 grams, compared to the ruby throats, 2 to 6 grams. But they're not all that much smaller than the tiniest songbird that regularly winters up here, the golden-crowned kinglet. Indeed, the weights of the two species overlap, Rufus hummingbirds averaging that 2 to 5 grams, compared to the kinglets 4 to 8 grams. The very lightest black-capped chickadees weigh almost double what the heftiest rufous hummingbirds do, 9 grams versus 5 grams. Chickadees have been exploring the hummingbird feeder I set out on my office window tray feeder, and they look enormous compared to the tiny hummer. Allen's hummingbird is almost identical to Rufus, but one would assume Allen's isn't nearly as hardy. It breeds strictly along a narrow coastal strip of the Pacific Slope in California and Oregon, and as a whole avoids mountains except in the southwest and Mexico wintering in central Mexico. I'd think that in the exceptionally unlikely event that an Allen's did find its way to Minnesota in November, its prognosis would be dire, except for the fact that an Allen's turned up just last year in New Glarus, Wisconsin, sticking around in one yard from November 26th through December 26th. That bird's identity was confirmed by a bird bander. So without a hummingbird bander available up here, how do we confirm that the bird in my yard is not an Allen's. To tease this out, we first have to figure out how old and what sex it is. Its back is green without any rich rufous except on the flanks. That excludes adult males of either species. It has quite a few dark feathers on the throat, especially concentrated in the center. Immature male hummingbirds often get these, but so do older adult female Rufus and Allens. Those throat markings exclude young females. To figure out any more, a bird bander would take measurements, impossible if the bird isn't in hand, and get a close look at the bill and the tail feathers. Baby hummingbirds start out with what's called a corrugated bill, as if the outer layer is full-sized and a wee bit baggy until as the beak grows, those vertical wrinkles smooth out. This is fairly easy to see in hand, especially if you're using a jeweler's loop or other magnifying aid, which most hummingbird banders do. But seeing those corrugations is way trickier in the field. I've taken a bazillion photos of the hummingbird at my my feeder some very high resolution, and I cannot see a single corrugation. The bill looks smooth and perfect in every photo. Unfortunately, I have been mainly shooting at fairly high ISO, so the photos are grainier than ideal, but nevertheless, so many photos showing a smooth bill do support a higher probability that this is an adult female than a young male. 
Now the shape of the tail feathers becomes the critical issue. In a hummingbird bander's experienced hands, these are very easy to see, but it's way, way trickier to get photos of a bird in the wild that clearly showed the tail feathers. The best we've managed so far with this bird are screenshots extracted from two slow-motion videos I took remotely. The best photos I've got are not in good focus, but do show the shape of the critical R2 and R5 feathers, that is the feather next to the central tail feather and the outermost tail feather. There's a notch on R2 that is clear enough to exclude allens, and R5, the outer tail feather, appears wider than it should be on an allens. So with this much evidence supporting my bird being an adult female rufous hummingbird and no evidence supporting it being an Allen's hummingbird, I'm satisfied. And now I'm hoping against hope that she heads out. I was hoping she'd leave yesterday, the 18th. Hummingbirds migrate by day, usually taking off in mid-morning, and I was still seeing her in late afternoon, so I expect she'll show up again today. The last time I had a lingering hummingbird in 2004, she lit out about 10 a.m. on December 3rd. I don't want this one to stick around that late in the season, but even if she does, her being a rufous means she has a pretty good chance of survival, helping her species adapt to a whole new winter range. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.